0: Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Radio on this first Friday of the month of March. This is the Sacred Heart Hour and this is Father Stosh Daly joining you live from St. Gabriel Studio with Chuck and Joanne Wilson.
1: Good morning. Good morning, Father.
0: As we enter into this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, opening up this whole first Friday so we may give our prayers, acts of love, devotion, charity, and most importantly, reparation, For the sacred heart of Jesus, we invite you to join us as we pray the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my (laughs) prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your sacred heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops, and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. 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 Well, Chuck
0: and Joanne, it's the month of March, first Friday. It's the month of St. Joseph. And on this day, we delve into the beauty, the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And it's also Lent.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. it is, Father. We are. What, into what is that LED.
1: expression you use? You have to go through Lent to get Easter. <laughs> if you
0: Easter. want the glory of Easter, you gotta have the, the joy. You walk of into LED. my
2: house and you know it's Lent because there's purple everywhere. I noticed that. <laughs> I have a purple flag, Father. Oh,
0: yes. I mean, if anyone's over the top,
2: I'm waving that flag. <laughs> Not all during Lent, but in the beginning. And then it'll come, oh my, I should have put up this morning, on Friday, and then, of course, uh, for the tritium, then the purple, oh, nice. purple flag stays up. So, you know, it's a little <laughs> reminder to the neighborhood.
0: Chuck. Well,
2: <laughs> I think it's a great idea, personally.
1: And I know, Father, this is a really packed month. I mean, a think lot. about, yeah. we're starting first Friday, and we are going to end on Easter,
0: It's true. yeah and, There's a lot uh, going
1: on gonna you know, still be March. About, <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, nine first Fridays coming up from April mm. to December and the importance of why first Friday. Uh, but Father, what are your thoughts as we enter in the Holy Week and uh, what's happening either at the Josephineum um, or elsewhere that is really bringing people to the heart of Jesus?
0: Well, I mean, right now in in our, you know, central Ohio, in the Diocese of Columbus, we have the 40 Days of Adoration campaign. So it's modeled after the beautiful and ancient practice in the city of Rome, where every day a different church was like the station church, um, where people would go to pray the Mass, uh, stations of the cross. um, There might be periods of adoration and confessions. And so very much like that, here in the Diocese of Columbus, we have the 40 Days of Adoration. I love that. So each day in Lent, there's uh, several different parishes, sometimes one, sometimes several, that are designated as the station church for that day. And those churches are open for periods of, um, you know, whether it be adoration of the Blessed Sacrament with exposition or pious visits to our Lord in the Eucharist, attending Holy Mass, confessions. Some of them have special devotions. So throughout all of this season of Lent, we have the 40 days of adoration, which is just a beautiful opportunity. You know, visit our Lord, kind of get up uh, and get out of where you are. Not just out of your home or your normal routine, but also spiritually. Get up and now, get out. Now, where
2: can people access, you know, this schedule? <clears throat>
0: uh-huh. On the do- on the website for the Diocese of Columbus, there's a kind of like you might say like a map. Day by day, it lists the parish and the city where that parish can be found. Uh, so people can go and visit. 40 days of adoration. In fact, you can even just search in your search engine. Uh, we've been doing it, you know, and it's a beautiful practice. It really started to try to bring the church back to a fullness of life. When we were coming out of the COVID shutdown, and so it was just kind of like, okay, what can we use from the history, the tradition of the church to kind of open up the doors in that season of Lent, and we've and we've maintained it now several years, and it's just a beautiful and custom. I, I
2: know it'll grow. Oh yeah, it, yes, yeah,
0: it's really beautiful, and and I think you know the other thing is it helps people realize just the blessings we have in having the parishes that we have and the different compliment places. to the oh, Eucharistic absolutely.
2: revival.
0: Absolutely. So this
2: is uh, this is just really great.
0: Yeah. No. It, and it's a blessing. And so we have that, and that takes us through the season of Lent, and then, of course, you know, also through this, uh, the month of March, this month of Saint Joseph, and then, um, and then Holy Week. You know, every parish kind of kicks it up a notch or several notches because of the uh, solemnities that come with and the memorials that come with Holy Week. You know, special moments. Everything from Palm Sunday. Uh, Going through Holy Week, um, you know, the Chrism Mass with the bishop and the priest. Uh, And then, you know, of course, you have the Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, all one liturgy spread out over three days, which then guide us into the celebration of the Lord's resurrection on Easter Sunday.
2: Well, Father, you know, and some people also know that we have a five-foot statue of St. Joseph. On our patio. Oh
0: yes, it's beautiful. And
2: uh, we were on vacation, and I walked into an antique store, and Chuck uh, was not interested. I stayed in the car. (laughs) And so I walked in it, and you know I'm only I'm five foot myself, and it was almost I maybe not quite five foot. I'm shrinking, and so I said I said to the Lord, Oh, oh, he's just wonderful. He's got to come home. And so I negotiated the the deal. I had brought my own little stash cash, which always helps. (laughs) And I said to Chuck, someone, I went to the car, I said, we have someone who is insisting on riding home with us. And the car's all packed. He goes, what?
1: what? And it, it's, it's packed well, fine. Said, no more room. You walk into
2: the store and you've got someone that you've agreed to drive all the way back from Michigan. And I said, yes, yes. And he can't wait to come with us. And then here comes the antique dealer with, you know, two men carrying a mouth. It's St. Joseph. He's coming home with us. And uh, this is the great guy that 50, almost 53 years, made room for St. Joseph. And I'll tell you, he's pretty great. He's a beautiful statue of St. Joseph. Yes, he uh, is.
0: And Chuck, at this moment, I'd like to thank you for cooperating yeah, with the me. will of
2: Joanne. <laughs> it it, you know, it,
0: it was like... I have a feeling it was either Joseph or Chuck.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the first time
2: this has happened. Oh,
4: so you're good like friends with the
1: Joseph. Were and other wonderful
4: it was like Israelites were
1: trying to get away from uh, Egypt. And uh, they, they had to go across the water and it opened for them. Well, I, I had to open a spot. In our it was not easy, i say that. So he could I'll be laid that. down and have the premier spot. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: it wasn't easy. But I know, Father, <laughs> one other thing that we started off, and I think it was wonderful, both of them being in Lent, was the Catholic Women's and Men's Conferences. Yes. Oh. And, Joy, why don't you just share a little bit?
2: Well, I think that it was one of the best. I thought it was just, you know, well... We've listened to both of them. I love them both. But I think for the men's conference, that is our personal retreat. Mm. And, of course, Chuck, the first year he wasn't there, so I had him side by side, and we entered in. And when lunchtime came, we had lunch. And I really recommend that for next year, uh, for especially for the women, mm. but also for the men who can't be there. Yeah, Make it. Your day of retreat. And because the speakers were wonderful and we had the speakers, adoration, reconciliation, which was really great, was before the mass. So everyone could uh, really, you know.
1: And the women had the same order. Yeah, it was wonderful. Both conferences ran with the same order. And I think both conferences bring uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, and uh, and that's yeah. why we need both of them. And I, I I would say the only reason the men's conference, is I've been involved in it yeah. for twenty now.
2: Wait, man, I've been involved years. in the women's conference.
1: Yeah. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> but you know I think the key is that it's a great way when you leave the conferences to take a step forward. Mm. Uh, and during Lent, there's no better time to enthrone your household to the Sacred Heart. Oh, good job, Chuck. Because everything starts with Jesus. It's true. Mm -hmm. Everything starts with Jesus. And I think when we lead the conference, we're shortchanging our families when we don't come home and do something as a family. Mm, yeah. Because I think, Father, you know this, a lot of times the men say, okay, I checked the box, or the women say, I checked the box, but nothing changes.
0: Uh, It's true, yeah. And you know one of the things we can learn from the conference, in some way, shape, or form, is the power of the invitation.
2: Oh yes, you know Father. a lot of people
0: go to the conferences because that's their yes. day. That it's a it's a personal day. But so many people go to the conferences. It doesn't matter, men's conference, women's conference. Um, so many go with an intention of inviting someone new, and then they just make it a yearly routine. They go together, or they invite someone to introduce them to the conference. Uh, and you always find there's a certain power in the invitation,
2: and you can't give up no and this year i did just that father two uh women newer friends and um not interested Mm -hmm. and so i you know emailed them that morning and said oh it's weather's bad great day to just cozy in make some soup turn on the radio
3: (laughs) you know exactly and
2: so but i'm not going to give up because my dear dear friend from cincinnati many years ago that's exactly what my experience was is rejection yeah for three years finally yeah and it changed her life yeah and i tell her you're now at the head of the class here i am (laughs) you know back and uh really that conference was a huge huge and so think of all the people yeah even now to make a comment and say, oh, I know you couldn't go, but it was so great. Let yeah. me just tell you one thing and get their interest going. Well, and I
0: also think, you know, it's important to highlight that you'll hear a thousand times, probably way times mm-hmm. more on St. Gabriel Radio, the conference, the conference, the conference, the mm-hmm. men's conference, the women's conference. And of course, it's easy to just kind of like uh, compartmentalize that word. But it's not, it's not a convention. It's more like a gathering of the family. It's a gathering mm-hmm. of disciples. I mean, the Spirit of the Lord is definitely there. It's so there. It's the that holiest you have traffic jam you'll ever experience. Yeah. You know, <laughs> waiting in Especially traffic. Especially
2: in the snow. <laughs> you know? and,
0: but there's something of the Lord that is definitely undeniably there. Yeah. Well, you know? And
1: also, Father, we're blessed because the women conference goes first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And That because we know a lot of times men are hesitant of going, and a lot of the women bring the men's conference. So I think we're we're, we're really blessed. Uh, (laughs) Joanne is talking here. What do you say? I think we've got several different messages being communicated. I'm
2: teasing. I'm teasing. (laughs) Yeah, okay.
1: But let's jump on to the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. Now, may
2: I just say one thing? Okay. Special from the conferences. I thought then, you know, during the men, the adoration time was very special for just feeling like you were there, especially if you were, you know, at home, and that it took the mystery out. And so if you've never, and also for the women, and so if you've never experienced, you know, adoration, you uh, yeah, you really true. felt like you know enough to just, you know, make that effort, make a visit, and just begin, especially now, Father, with these 40 days. Yeah. So that's another little plug. Yeah.
1: So we were blessed with 7,000. And the other uh, aspect of it is, is, What do you do afterwards? And we're going to talk a little bit about the enthronement of the Sacred Heart because we know we have first-time listeners and so forth. And the background is, 350 years ago, Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary, 1673, on the Feast of St. John the Apostle. My divine heart is so passionately fond of the human race that it cannot keep back the pent-up flames of its burning heart. He wants to pour out his love to all mankind, which contains all the graces they have need of. You are chosen for this great mission. So he gave to St. Margaret Mary, Father, the title of the Beloved Disciple of the Sacred Heart to spread the devotion of the Sacred Heart 350 years ago. And what we do on St. Gabriel Radio and what we do with Sacred Heart Enthronement Network is really we're a vessel Mm. to continue to keep what our Lord asked St. Margaret Mary. We are here to keep it, keep the flame lit and so forth. And one way is uh, that he is asked that I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed in honor. So what he's really saying is my sacred heart image, when you place it, uh, I will ex will I want it exposed and I've honored and I will give you all the graces necessary for your life and if you're interested on any more information on the enthronement uh, and the five easy steps please go to welcomenessheart.com welcomecomisheart.com and I know father when we met you gee now 11 12 years ago about the Sacred Heart You Mm -hmm. were enthroning back then homes at at St. Michael's. And your thoughts regarding the enthronement.
0: Well, you know, we're in a special time right now uh, because over uh, last December through this year uh, and into early next year, you know, we're having this huge anniversary, 350 years since the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to St. Margaret Mary. And of course, in that uh, visit to St. Margaret Mary, you know, the Lord, as you you highlighted, Chuck, you know, the Lord speaks of his burning love for humanity. But I, I think it's very important for uh, for each of us, very much like at the conferences, you know, some people were had their flame rekindled for the faith. Some people had a new flame altogether start for the faith. And some people were just stoking it, stoking the fire within, you know. It's very much the same with the Lord in just a basic one-on-one relationship, and When we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's important for us not to limit him to his visit 350 years ago. I mean, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love that comes forth from his sacred heart, goes all the way back to God the Father sending his Son to us in the flesh. So there's a heart for us to embrace. There's a heart for us to hear. And we hear that in the gospel, St. John at the last supper he embraces the lord we see that visually and you know when we close our eyes and we we consider calvary the lord on the cross i mean we see the heart pierced by a lance but in that moment in time when the heart of jesus is pierced by the lance who is there our lady well what's her posture she's standing it ain't, I mean, just that posture at the foot of the I cross. I about that. It requires so Standing. much strength.
2: I know. You know, just, whoa.
0: And, and there's just volumes of commentaries about that one reference. Mary stood yeah. at the foot of the cross. And of course, John is there, you know, and a lot of times, you know, uh, do not questions arise within us. How, how is the youngest of the 12 apostles, a teenage boy, have the strength I know. To be at the cross when all of the grown men are well, hiding in the crowd,
2: they are a little stronger,
0: you know. But I mean, think of the youngest of the twelve. Yeah, the youngest of the twelve. I mean, um, sure, teenagers are known for having a variety <laughs> of gifts and talents, but he of all of them is the yeah, one that's there. It's beautiful. And I think you know the the desire to remain close to the master, the teacher, he who is Jesus, as he's experiencing torture on the cross. I mean, that comes from embracing the heart at the Last Supper. Yeah. So this is where the drama of the Sacred Heart begins. And and it hits a peak, if you will, in our own love affair with the Lord 350 years ago when the Lord says something very specific to St. Margaret Mary, an image of my heart in their home. I will bless those homes where there's an image of my heart. So in the words of our Lord himself to St. Margaret Mary, there's an importance given to what we see Exposed and also what and we don't honored. see. you know. Exposed and then and once honored. that image is there, like you said, Joanne, it's not just exposing the yeah. image of the heart. It's honoring it. It's the follow-up, you know, and we all know how painful it can be to have mm-hmm. a loved one. You know, we see them first thing in the morning and there's no good morning. There's no embrace. There's no acknowledgement, <gasps> really? you know, I mean, it, it can be awkward. It can be painful. So we want to make sure that when the Lord is there in the home, that there's not that, you know, taking for granted, you know, that we greet him, we love him. That's the honoring, you know? And and I think there's just so much there to be considered. And in the season of Lent, we all, we kind of do that as a church. You know, we we think, how have I let the Lord walk past me and I didn't greet him? Or have I passed him and not greet him? I mean, think about when we go past a church. You know, we were all taught to acknowledge the presence of Jesus yeah. in the church when we drive by, walk by, pass by. Um, so the, the image, the reality of the heart of Jesus, it's— Uh, it's the love affair that the Father in Heaven has for you and me in the form of, in the person of His Son, Jesus. And it's powerful. Um, And these these days right now where we're celebrating the 350th anniversary of when the Lord Jesus Christ said Himself, I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed in honor. Now think of that. If you're listening to this radio show and you're sitting at your desk at work, you know, you don't need many of the things you think you do but you do need the lord to bless you right now right then and right there if you're sitting in the car you need the lord's blessing where is the lord is he in front of you is he noticeably in front of you is there an image of his heart so powerful so beautiful when you think of where you live uh when you think of where you pray maybe like you have a a prayer corner that's just that place where you can be at peace and read sacred scripture or listen Uh, to beautiful music. I mean, is there a place where you actually see the image of His love for you? It's important to have that place. Visual reminders, holy reminders, right? It's made a big
2: difference in our home to have that place. But also, I was thinking, you know, we've had uh, over 7,000, which is pretty amazing, um, men and women come to be renewed through the men and women's conferences. And that's not to add all the people Listening, listening on the radio. Oh my
0: goodness, yeah. But
2: you know, I just <clears throat> remember uh, Father saying years ago when I it was the end of a women's retreat and he said, um, now, he said, don't go home and you walk in the door and it, it's kind of flat in your home. <laughs> it, and, and he said, don't say, well, what is wrong here? Why aren't you more... I just energized and I've been on retreat all weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they have not it. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> you know, it's like without mom or dad, it was even a little tougher there. Yep. So the, it's a perfect opportunity for, especially those who have experienced the graces of the conferences, bring it home, bring it home and bring it to the family. And say, you know, it is Lent. This yeah. is a special year. And um, let's, let's as a family or as a household, roommates, not mm-hmm. just, you know, nuclear family.
0: Yeah, it's true.
2: Let's enthrone our home or renew this in yeah. our home and make a difference for everyone.
0: Well, and you said it right there. I mean, uh, the two of you have said it so many times with so many different people. Just bring the Lord home. Yeah. And, and also keep in mind, the more... The the more difficult it is to do it, the more it's needed. And
2: it's going to be difficult. And there's always challenges that
0: arise, you know? And I think that's where you start to realize the reality of what's at stake in your Mm -hmm. heart, in your marriage, with your children, with your spouse, maybe with your parents, at work, the stress in the air. What is all at stake? And the more pushback or the more hesitancy or the more difficulties may encounter, and just making that simple acknowledgement that Jesus is king in my home, The more there is to push against it, the more needed it is to make that declaration.
1: And again, Father, um, have our listeners, if you're interested, go to WelcomeHisHeart.com. WelcomeHisHeart.com. You can sign up for an enthronement kit. You can download it if you want. If you have an image of the Sacred Heart, have it blessed. The five easy steps is just, we recommend choose a Sunday, Select a Sacred Heart image, uh, establish a prominent place, prepare your hearts, and enthrone on Sunday. Yeah. And I mean, what you have to understand is this is coming from Jesus. Yeah, right. It's not yeah. like the three of us yeah. who no. did this, this up. ministry <laughs> and said, This is what you need
0: to well, do. Well, but you said it earlier we're vessels. We're just, we're just broken, communicating. Broken <laughs> we're communicating. We're communicating what was shared with us. What, what
1: the Lord wanted. Yeah. Now, Father, we're in Lent, so maybe just share a little bit for people. Some might not even understand what Lent's all about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lent is a, a beautiful, it's a holy time uh that is meant to prepare us. It's meant to help us to um, basically prepare ourselves within for the glory of the Lord. Now There's the interior dimension of Lent, strengthening our resolve. Uh, You know, even the words that are used in the opening prayers for Mass during the season, you'll hear things like campaign, resolve, uh, the conclusion, the glory. You know, these words all reflect towards a mission that's unfolding. And some of them even have a reference to uh, like even a military effort, a campaign, you know? Well, there's a reason for that. It's a struggle when we enter into the words of our brother saint paul in the epistles in the new testament it's clear that saint paul is not afraid to highlight there's a wrestling match a fight that takes place to overcome the you know the domain of the flesh and to allow the spirit yeah. to reign well what do you need for that you need discipline discipline which is a good thing you know when we do not have discipline we flounder and we fail when we have discipline we march on and you know one of the elements that gives birth to incredible sadness in today's world is the severe lack of discipline in so many elements of our lives and of our culture and we see this you know we keep lowering the standard lowering mm. the bar well that's not doing anyone any good and so in lent there's the interior dimension of raising the bar to aim higher for spiritual glory what does that mean unity with jesus not with buddha you know, not with your interior orb or whatever you're going to call it. No time for New Age nonsense. This is all about Jesus, who is the Christ, the King, the Lord, the Savior, and participating in his life, his kingdom, because He's taking, he wants to take us to the Father. And then there's the exterior dimension of Lent, which we've, we live in the life of the Church, especially the sacred liturgy. And the words of our Lord, the words of sacred Scripture, enlighten us in this way. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Now, of course, you know, because of culture and because of the reality of penance, you know, a lot of us are like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, we've come back to it. But if we just keep in mind that reality of the invitation to discipline, to run the race, to be successful.
2: I just had a beautiful little conversation with my granddaughter, who's in second grade, about giving up chocolate and how hard it was, how hard it is for a second grader <laughs> to give up chocolate when they really like chocolate. So I said, oh, just think about Easter morning. (laughs) When you are nibbling on the ears of your chocolate bunny, how sweet it's going to (laughs) be. And and she was like, yeah, that's going to be great. And and I said, but this is a little foretaste of heaven.
0: Yeah, that's true. Because
2: you are sacrificing now. And just think about your sacrifices. Think about the, the glory. And, and as Jesus said, you know, uh, eyes have not seen, ears have mm-hmm. not heard yeah. what God has ready. It's going to be so much better than nibbling on the ears of a chocolate <laughs> bunny. But these are things that help prepare us for that discipline that we need yep. and to keep running that race yeah. and, uh, and offering up because Jesus has promised us something much better than chocolate bunnies. And you know what? She got it.
0: Absolutely. She got it. It's amazing how the little ones always get it. Yeah, she got and it. And the not-so-little ones
1: yeah, pout, like the, pout in the corner. Like a 75-year-old. You know? you know, also, Father, um, again this year we have a 40-day <clears throat> Daily Linton Reflection on the Sacred Heart of mm, Jesus, mm-hmm. which really helps you examine every day, going deeper with Jesus. And um, it's a Older, reflection great. written by Jim, Emily Jaminette. Um, and go to com. You can sign up. We already have over 500 signed up.
2: No, and, over 700.
1: Is it 700? Yeah. over 700. And... I think the one thing you find in Lent reflection is you're gonna find a little bit of a reading, reflection, and then you're gonna have some questions. And I think the questions are really uh, important. Emily has also written two books, The Holy Habit from the Sacred Heart and Secrets of the Sacred Heart. And each one of those is to bring us closer to Jesus. And
2: they answer a lot of questions too. And they do
1: answer a lot of questions, questions about Lent, questions about uh, where we are and i think uh so 40 days is the linton we're now approaching almost halfway father i
0: know it goes
1: so fast and and it's never too late to start right no you know
2: i found over the years if i try to do too many things it i'm better to do a few well yeah is that true, Father? It's Because so now we yeah. have oh yeah. so many novenas and prayers and people and we all well, and it's are, the
0: same for penances. Better that you choose uh, one thing yes. and live it well. Yes. And then, you know, rather than ten things and fail. Mm-hmm. And it's also like when it choose that devotion and then invest in that devotion, like the mm-hmm. the morning reflection, you know, yeah. that comes in the email. Just give yourself that moment to read it, pray through it, move on. Maybe it's, you know, I'm going to hold myself to going to the parish on Friday for the Stations of the Cross. Mm -hmm. Or if I can't make it then, I have my little booklet, I'll go make the Stations on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, holding yourself accountable to that. Choose that one thing, like you Mm -hmm. said, and invest in it. And then grow and go from there. Yeah. No, it's so powerful. Now, here's something enticing um, as we head into our break for this first segment. um, We're going to kind of just return to the reality of Lent and trace the Sacred Heart devotion into the Lenten experience oh, of good. the passion, that's, you know? Oh, that's so great. it's just kind of give some uh, history, some context, a little, you know, nugget there to bring you back. Oh, but as we yeah. enter into the close I like of this that first segment, like <laughs> you've been working on your radio voice. <laughs> It's a cold. (laughs) We're going to bring this to a close, and we invite you to, once again, just kind of join us in the spirit of prayer as we close this first segment and head into our break. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your Mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home loving them as you love them especially the poor and oppressed that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist we thank you Lord Jesus for all the blessings that you'll bestow upon us in this day and we ask you to guide and protect our families
4: and help us to live That we may get to heaven. Amen. Amen. One of the dumbest decisions in all of history is found in the Bible. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. The firstborn, Esau, is the one who had the majority of his father's inheritance coming to him, as well as the honor and title of being the firstborn, which was a very big deal in Old Testament days. In Genesis 25, when Esau got back from a hunting trip, he was so hungry that he traded his inheritance to his younger brother Jacob for a bowl of lentil soup. Crazy, huh? Can you imagine trading so much for something so small? Well, think of all the vices in your own life and all that you've traded in for your sin. Think of all the times you've chosen comfort instead of heroism, passing pleasure instead of eternal joy and sin instead of sainthood. When you consider your sins in light of the big picture, wow, we must look pretty crazy to the angels and saints sometimes. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com.
3: Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges, substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family by coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting CatholicsComeHome.org today. Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Visit catholicscomehome.org today.
0: Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson.
2: Good morning. As we head Good
0: into morning this, again, Father. As we head into this second segment of the Sacred Heart Hour, we just bring ourselves back before the Lord, asking for his blessings upon all of today. This day that's the first Friday of the month, set aside for the sacred heart of Jesus. But also as we enter into this month of March, the month of Saint Joseph, so we're just gonna pray the enthronement renewal prayer, asking for the Lord's kingdom to be all around us, but also within us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to your divine heart. Be our King forever. In you we have full and entire confidence. May your Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all of our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. And grant us to know you better so as to love you more and then serve you without faltering. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
2: Father, before you start with the um, images uh, in the passion, I want to circle back for one thought on prayer. Absolutely. And that is something that a sister shared during a retreat years ago. And we have all these wonderful opportunities now for adoration. And she suggested this is sometimes to mix it up a little bit. In our prayer life, it just makes it um, fresh. Yeah. And, and, you know, praying for people we might not have thought of. Mm. And that was to bring your address book That's right. to adoration. And maybe even the book of, I have two. One's Christmas cards for, you know, people uh, we really only connect with at Christmas time. These
1: are people that make the cut, Father. <laughs>
2: The list is getting smaller and the stamps are getting more. just kidding. No. But anyway, (laughs) um, just when you go through that, people come to your mind. And, of course, you know, those that have passed that you've had to cross out. And it's really um, a beautiful tool that you might find, you know, or people who are sick at the moment, like my friend Lucy with their flu. Mm. And you know, so um, that might also help as you're beginning to come before the Lord yeah. in adoration. Of, what do I do?
0: Or who do you pray for? Or who do you? You pray take for? the address book, or I mean, if you, if all of your contacts are not on your phone, as much as I hate saying whip oh, the phone yeah. out in front of the Lord. I don't
2: trust my phone. You know that, Father. <laughs> so,
0: but you have, you know, have that roster of the people you know. Yes, their address names, and I I think it's so practical. And just bring Me them before too. the Lord and just pray for them by name. It's always amazing how the Lord will always shine a light on someone's name, yes. and you just pray for that person. You don't know why, and you don't need to know why. But in that moment, the Lord's asking you to be an intercessor for that person. It's well, just—it's beautiful.
2: That's what really the total consecration mm-hmm. really kind of frees you up too. Yeah, for that. absolutely, uh, you know. So and I don't want to get off this subject talking <laughs> about the Sacred Heart. Take it away, Father. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I mean, uh, in the last segment, we were speaking about the introduction of Lent, some of the different uh, opportunities to pray, meditations throughout the, the day or even the week, um, the interior reality of Lent, the exterior, the liturgy, the life of the church. But, you know, it, just thinking about the Sacred Heart, um, one of the very first expressions, we might say, of devotion to the heart of Jesus was a devotion to the wounds of the Passion, the wounds that Jesus mm-hmm. experienced out of love for us in carrying the cross. And of course, of the wounds he experienced, the one of paramount importance for kind of cultivating a devotion to the heart was the lanced wound in the side. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because, you know, a lot of people, they'll receive an image of the sacred heart and they see the Lord, but then they see his heart exposed. And for some, they're even taken aback. Especially
2: Protestant. <clears throat> but
0: it's very rich in imagery, right? But you'll notice that in, in the depiction of the heart of Jesus, there's always a wound on the side. And of course that is reflective of the lance wound uh, while the Lord was on the cross. But it was the opening of his side, the piercing of the heart. I mean that was one of the very first expressions or iterations of the devotion to the heart of Jesus. So it's important for us to kind of keep in mind that the heart is encircled with the crown of thorns. Well that takes us back to the passion. The heart is um, surmounted by a cross. That takes us back to the passion. The heart is opened on the side with the wound created by the lance. That takes us back to the passion. But then it's also engulfed in flames, you know, and that's meant to remind us that burning furnace of charity. The Lord has this burning furnace of charity that emanates from his heart. So like when you look at the image of the sacred heart of Jesus, it helps us remember his passion.
2: So would that be the mercy too?
0: Absolutely. Mm Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, when you have an image of the heart of Jesus in your home, at your place of work, in your car, wherever you may be, you know, we live his love. We live his love. And it's not like a painful reminder or a condemnation because of what he experienced. It's an invitation to live his love. And it's a catechesis of his passion, you know?
1: You know, Father, the one that I reflect on is the crown of thorns. Uh, yeah. Because I'm thinking, what are the thorns that I'm giving our Lord yeah. today? And so it reminds me yep. of those areas I need to be able to confess and move on. Yep. And uh, But I also believe those the flame of love, that's our hope.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's in our hope
1: yep. because our Lord does that. And the other thing is, it's interesting, Father, that in... The heart he puts a cross yeah I yeah. mean so he knows part of our journey is yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have to accept that cross we've been given
0: and I think it's also important you keep in mind <clears throat> for our ancestors in the faith our brothers and sisters in Jesus who were alive at that time or even in the few centuries that followed the cross was not something pleasant to see as you went along the freeway the highway the road you'd see the crosses and those were death sentences. That's where people died. Yeah. Yeah. And to th- to see the cross outside, yeah. along the road, outside of major cities, mm-hmm. wherever the Romans had domain and dominion. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to think as a Christian, I mean, Jesus was on one of those. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why in the early experiences of the church, where you know her family members, the children of God, the disciples of Jesus would gather to pray, You didn't have a lot of crosses present because you had to walk past all of them to get to the place where you prayed. Hmm. But almost overnight, literally, as the crosses came down outside, they went up in the church. Well, why? Hmm. It's of utmost importance for Christians to always see the cross and remember the Lord. He conquered the cross. And, And like you said, Chuck, when you see the crown of thorns, I mean, think about all of the glory we can give to the Lord. All of the crowns of success and triumph, honor and glory, we can give to the Lord. And yet, what did we give him? Thorns.
2: And when we only see a cross without Jesus Mm -hmm. on the cross, the corpus, you know, it's easy to forget what had to happen before the resurrection.
0: And I think, to be honest with you, a devotion to the heart of Jesus is what keeps a perception of the crucifix real. If you forget His love, yeah, then seeing an image of Him on the cross is just pain. But if you remember His love when you see Him on the cross, it's glory.
2: Well, and you know, we've been Chuck and I have been going through health issues, as so many people are. Yeah. And but I think the consolation, absolutely, is to enter deeper. Yeah. And, you know, when things are going great and you're feeling great and the world is everything's just clicking right for you. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) true. (laughs) You know, Father.
2: That you, it's easy to look at the cross and you you can't relate in the same way as when you personally are going through whatever it is, Uh, you know, uh, your own little passion. Yep. And to use that as an opportunity. Yeah. And an opportunity so to reach out to others that maybe you knew they had an issue, but maybe you didn't reach out to them yep. and give them that, you know, that uh, love that um, now you can do it from a deeper mm-hmm. way. Does that make sense? No, no, absolutely.
1: What I was going to also comment on, we sort of have a revolving door. And as you know, our family all lives in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And they come through, and they all have the same saying because they know I've gone through this back surgery. Just offered up, Dad. Offered oh, my up. gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I always tell them, when I was a Protestant, I never even knew about that because we were going straight. Yeah. We didn't yeah. Have to worry His about name was in the book. Up. We didn't have uh-huh. to worry about praying for anybody. Yeah. You yeah. know, we were, this was good news. <laughs> good news. And yeah. uh, now the revolving door says, offer it up. Meanwhile, I'm in pain. Right. Offer it up. But I yeah. do think when I, Father, this really meditation on the heart, and for some reason you really touched me on your focusing on it is that's Jesus. Yeah. That's his heart. And his heart, what he wants is to really transplant his heart into our heart. Yeah. And he wants our heart to be more loving and to be more forgiving and to be Christ to others. And uh, so I I really think this sacred heart for a lot of our listeners have to understand, again, this came out of our Lord 350 years ago Mm. when he knew the faith was cooling down.
0: Yeah, he knew humanity was Entering further and further into the darkness and moving further and further away from his light, you know? And I just want, you know, something just hit me right now. For those of us who are listening on the radio and um, you're like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. But I, you know, I know God loves me, but there's still that distance factor. I'm not really sure how to bridge the gap. You know, if if there's any kind of block, you know, I'm just going to call it out. That's a proof. That's a sign there's need for a good confession Mm. because when you know Mm -hmm. intellectually God loves you, but the heart has yet to really be brought back to the fullness of life within you, you know, please out of, you know, just sympathy and empathy for yourself, love for yourself, compassion, just go make a good confession. And, you know, one of the things we spoke of the 40 days of adoration, all the churches are open at different times for prayer, but you know, a lot of things, one of the things that's, caught on is Monday of Holy Week. A lot of the churches will have special times for confession in the evening on Monday mm-hmm. of Holy Week.
2: Make it accessible.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, Please return to the sacrament of confession and we all have been there. We've all done it. Sometimes you have to go to a different parish, find a different priest because you're convinced everybody knows your name and everybody knows My your My mother voice.
2: used to drive across <laughs> town and I think she had extraordinary virtue and You know, maybe we think those we love are saints, but we keep praying for them. But then we got to go get hamburgers at White Castle. And and we just, you know, when Mom was going to confession, it was a great day for the kids. It wasn't during Holy
1: Week. (laughs)
2: And it's it's true. I drive by the White Castle, you know, on um, Kenny Road, and I have to hold on to the wheel that I don't turn in because it's part of my bringing up. And um, but she may. I think it's part of. We also celebrate, and we can't forget. We can be, which we need to be, immersed in the awareness of the passion. But sometimes we forget how. Jesus delights in us.
0: Yes, exactly. Del- yeah. Just
2: delights when things, yeah. you know, something happens and whatever, just, yeah. you know, waking up and loving us. And I think I, I'm really, you know, grew yeah. up more with the passion. I think, you know, in the 70s, I think, like one or of the 50s, most, I should say.
0: Said, like one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard was Father Basso, who's the rector at the oh, Josephine. Yeah, Penham. yeah. He was preaching the homily at his father's funeral. And um, it was in Kansas City. And he said, you know, he said, I will say this about my father. He delighted mm-hmm. in his children. He said, I, in the I eyes of the I world, guess. we could have been terrible failures. Mm-hmm. You know, and he made a comment. He's like, we might have even ended up in prison. You know, he said, but at the, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, throughout the day, every morning, he goes, my dad delighted in his children. He mm-hmm. wanted us to be around him. And he he loved us as we are, that's huge. and for what we could be. And I, you know, it was very mm-hmm. moving to hear a son preach that about his father in a way that was humble. He wasn't like exalting our yeah. canons. He said, "My dad delighted in his kids." That's the father in heaven, right? The father in heaven delights in us, and I think that's what kind of catapults us to make sure we want to please the father in heaven, not out of guilt. Not out of shame or dread, but he delights in us. And
2: and Father, that's such a great reminder for the fathers out there listening now. Mm. If you haven't, you know, you might personally delight. But as far as using the words, using the expression, maybe giving a hug to your children, this is a uh, wonderful reminder. Yeah. Of how important it is for their development and for their spiritual life and yeah. their healthy uh, adulthood. And
0: I think some people may be like, well, what does that even mean to yeah. delight in your children? You're not only interested in them, you know you are, by the fact they are alive, you're yeah. invested in them. Yeah. I and you want them way. to go to heaven. You're interested and you are invested. It's and not as based the on father, the
2: achievement. No,
0: you want them in heaven with yeah. you forever. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Catholics are supposed to live with that end goal in sight, heaven. Well, we, we know where we're going.
1: We we really have the passion, we coming up. Absolutely. And this is huge. And you know what reminds me of here and how often I do this. Palm Sunday. Lord, I'm with you all the way. Lord, let's go get them. Let's go. And then I back off. Yeah. And then we come to Good Friday. Yeah. And Lord... Uh, I apologize. I didn't stay with you Mm. in those hours I needed to. So I think Passion passion Week is a great week. It's powerful. It is powerful.
2: If you want to have a joyful Easter Sunday, you really need to enter Holy Week. Live Holy Week. You really need to live Holy Week. Because if you do, Easter will not be about Candy and brunches. Biting and... the
0: ear off that chocolate. <laughs>
2: I'm kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> so it wasn't my just God. my granddaughter; I was into it too.
1: <laughs> and... But I think as we go, Palm, and this Christmas mass mm. is really powerful. Yes, it is. And yeah. I know for all the priests yeah. to be there oh, and so brings forth. brings
2: tears to see the yeah. army of God processing in and the warriors, especially the older older priests, oh. how many years of service. It's, uh, that and to me have is to support worth priests.
1: it. And I think for Holy Thursday, that mass Thursday, I think for me, it moves me, and then you go into adoration.
0: It's true, yeah.
1: And it's like, Lord, I'm not going to leave you alone in yeah. Gethsemane. And, I'm yeah. going to be with you.
0: And the thing is, if you don't, if, if you miss the point of each of those experiences, mm-hmm. then you don't understand what it means to be a Catholic. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of Holy Thursday? The institution of the priesthood and the institution yeah. of the Eucharist. Yes. If you don't get that, yeah. nothing about being Catholic makes sense. And I mean, think mm-hmm. about the generosity of the Lord's patience and love with us. The generosity of his patience and love. He gives us the priesthood so that the Eucharist is always among us and within us. You know, he gives us the priesthood really so that we can have the Eucharist. It really
2: needs to be focused on that too. And then, for so us that's really he gives us the Eucharist that. through the yeah. priesthood
0: so we can survive yeah. Good Friday. It's amazing, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it, it's just am- but if we miss the point of any of those experiences, it's not just the week; it's our faith. Yeah. We just, you know, we we miss the point of it, and and it's like you guys said, it's such a powerful week from hearing the passion narrative on Palm Sunday. And experiencing the glory of the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem, to then you know, and if you can make it to the Monday night confessions in your closest parish church, just uh, you know, open your heart, get all of that stuff out, and give it to the Lord, and,
2: and, and then make it a mass. priority once as a family to say, you know, this is this is good. We've carved out this time. Oh yeah, it's taking priority yeah. over sports. Yeah, over you know. Frivolous meetings yeah. over uh, over noise, you know, technology, television. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're gearing up for the masters and you know all the interview. This is this is the time yeah. for us to focus our heart on you know Holy Week.
0: And I think that's one of the powerful witnesses of people like you, Chuck and Joanne, a married Uh-oh. couple, a married <laughs> couple who raised kids. You've got grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to make the priority because no one else will. The world is not gonna remind you to go to church on Holy Thursday. Oh, the world's gonna, gonna actually distract percent. you from it. you and you that's one of the most beautiful things I think you've given witness to me as a priest mm-hmm. is you said, you know, father, we have to encourage people to remember, write it down, schedule it, carve out the time, make it a priority. And to me, it's like, well, Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's already, well, because it's my life. But I thought, wait a minute. For the people in the trenches, for the people in the world that have like 10 different schedules and 10 different things for the same hour, you hit the nail on the head. And
2: even children, But the witness
0: you have, you've given, it's like you have to make this a priority. You've got to carve out the time.
2: Well, once you make it a priority and once it's verbalized, especially now I'm talking as a family, it's easy to say, oh, no, that doesn't fit. yeah. You know, no, you can do that another, you know, next yep. week.
1: And I think, again, for those that can on Good Friday, I know a lot of times people come for the Mass after 3 o'clock, but there's something about being in church from noon to 3. Yes, it's true. And yeah. listening to the different reflections yeah. in different churches, how they handle that. And then you really go through a liturgy and then at the end, you say, okay, now we're going to go get some pizza. Yeah, yeah.
2: there's yeah. that celebration. I mean, there's, yeah.
0: there,
1: there's the Lord's that, in the tomb. We, we've done it. Yeah, He's, he's in the tomb and uh, so forth. And then we get ready for Holy Saturday and for Easter. But it doesn't stop there. And I think the Lord had wisdom when he really wanted his heart
0: to be mm. in every
1: household. Absolutely. I mean it's such a fit. Yeah. You know, th- this is strategic. Yeah. And, and uh, so forth. And I know father we can't leave the two major. <laughs> I just have to say days. one
2: thing. And if you're going to bring children to church, try to bring things for them to do that is um you know connected to the faith. And you know there are so many Disney's and <clears throat> Barbies and cars but try to help have a little bag of things that, especially if they're sitting in the back, they can't really see sometimes, yeah. still, that they can focus in on, you know, a holy time on their age level. Yeah. And especially ones that are too small to really get
1: it. All right. We have three right. minutes, Father. Oh, can you dear. Go time's flying. Saint Joseph. <laughs> We have four minutes. (laughs) St. Joseph and the Annunciation.
0: Yeah, the month of March is, of course, set aside for a special veneration in honor of St. Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, because his solemnity is on March 19th. And it just gives us a beautiful opportunity to consider St. Joseph as the custodian Mm. of God in the flesh. He's the custodian of the Father's uh, begotten Son, Jesus. And to draw close to Joseph and to appreciate the presence he had as the foster father of Jesus, the father figure of Jesus. It's a powerful invitation to understand um, our intimacy with the saints and our presence in the holy family. You know, we are members of that holy family. Mm. And as Our Lady is the mother of the Lord and St. Joseph is the foster father of the Lord, As disciples, we are his brothers and sisters. Our lady is our mother. St. Joseph is our father. So it's a very special month to kind of cultivate devotion to good St. Joseph and uh, to entrust our cares, our intentions, our worries to his powerful intercession. He he who is the patron saint of the universal church. So he's a beautiful saint, powerful saint, um, but he's very silent, you know, always in the background. And yet very solicitous for the welfare and the well-being of disciples of Christ.
1: And then the Annunciation is during Holy Week. How do yeah. we handle this, Father?
0: We brace ourselves for it. I mean, the <laughs> Annunciation is absolutely huge. It's the and incarnation, God taking flesh, March 25th. It is uh, the bookend to Christmas. That Nine which we celebrate months. on Christmas begins with the great drama of love and the Annunciation, the Holy Spirit hovering over Our Lady, Jesus you know, taking flesh within her womb, and then the Father's love is incarnate. You know, it's, it's just amazing. So it's a beautiful, powerful day to pray, especially for the protection of uh, unborn children.
2: And, you know, our time, I know, is running out. We have St. Patrick's Day coming up. <laughs> but I, I just want to just maybe challenge you to just not get involved with, you know, all, everything you see in the secular world of <clears throat> leprechauns and, and pots of gold and, and kegs of beer and You know, try to really focus in on the shamrock and St. Patrick and his evangelizing a secular, really pagan culture and the hope. We need Patrick to come back. Yes, (laughs) we do. We need him to come back. And, you know, in your family, really, really talk about St. Patrick.
1: Yeah. Okay, Father, I think we've covered it all. And beginning April, beginning April, we're going to talk about the nine first Fridays. Oh, you know, we we, t- we
0: cover a lot of ground in our our monthly yeah, morning I living room. It's an extra
1: hour. Yes. I if we exactly. Get an extra hour.
4: So
0: as we bring to a close our this hour of the Sacred Heart on this first Friday, we're going to enter into the beautiful prayer that we have to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. O Most Holy Heart of Jesus, Fountain of every blessing, I adore you. I love you, and with a lively sorrow. For my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen.
2: Amen.